And it's a big g'day to everybody around the country as we jump on board for another Step Outside podcast. Whatever you might be doing, wherever you are, hope you've had a fantastic week. Now, you may have seen on our last edition or show of Step Outside with Paul Burt, we jumped onto a golf cart, cruised the golf courses of the Gold Coast, catching a noxious species called tilapia. Now, I did say we're going to drop a new podcast there, talking to the man in the know all about tilapia and, of course, what damage they do, where they come from, and all the questions that you might want to ask will be answered tonight. I've got Paul Harrison from My Catch Australia on board. Good morning to you, Paulie. How's it going, mate? Oh, mate, oh, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, thank you. For the uh, for the day it's been, with some storm activity about, and then those fine, crisp days, it's not too bad. Perfect for tilapia, I'd say, you reckon? Oh, I don't know. The waterways are starting to cool down a little bit. Does that make a big difference on there, buddy? Uh, certainly does. Once the water temperature drops too low, they actually slow right down. Oh, okay, okay. But they still, they don't die off or anything like that. They just, I guess, like a barramundi, do they just sort of like slow and then, you know, yeah, become yeah, a little real, bit lethargic? Yeah, real slow and sluggish and just don't feed as much. Oh, okay, okay. Well, well, that could be a good thing, but then it could be a bad thing because if they're not feeding as much, then people can't catch them and get rid of these things. Tell me about tilapia there, Paulie. What, what, what makes them such a, a noxious species here in Australia? Well, basically, they're an introduced species. They're actually native to southeast of Africa in Mozambique. Um, basically, they're destroying all the habit, local habitats, really, and making it hard for the native fish to compete. Mate, it's such a... I mean, I've been fishing in the back causeways and waterways around southeast Queensland in particular, and when a flood comes through, a lot of people hit those causeways for a different variety of fish. But around your feet, you literally see thousands, sometimes even tens of thousands of baby fingerlings of tilapia. How can we eradicate these, mate? Tell me, how do they become so prolific in the waterways there, Paul? Um, basically, their breeding rate is unreal like their mouth broaders their real their breeding strategy is really effective mm. they pretty much hold the eggs in their mouth and once the eggs hatch they actually hold their young in their mouth as well so they don't other fish can't eat them and whatnot so they're like a, a, a i guess the the, the the mother or the, the father either one i guess like i don't know who do we know which sex does the upbringing of the of the kids i mean do we know that <laughs> Not a hundred percent sure. I'm pretty sure them sure it'd be the mother. I, the I, <laughs> well, the mother. So the mother keeps the babies in the mouth, and I guess that's how they can get transferred. If you catch one, you take it somewhere else and clean it because they'll stay alive in the mother's body. Yep, yep. The actual fluids in the mother's body and whatnot as they decompose, the eggs eggs can actually last a fair while in the mouth of the dead fish. Unbelievable. And a lot of people don't know this, mate. And I guess the damage of a tilapia, what sort of damage can they do, uh, you know, to, to the native species, such as Australian bass? Well, the bass are constantly competing for the food sources, plus tilapia actually build nests. So when they're building the nest, they're ripping up all the aquatic plant life. And taking away, I guess, the food source and, and, yeah. and, and becoming, are they a dominant species, do you think, over a bass? Yeah, they're very dominant species, especially when they're in a nest. They're bloody so protective of their nest. They're, they're a, um, a fish like, a, I remember the carp. 
Remember the carp that, you know, everybody was out there and, they were, and people were shooting them with bow and arrows. They were catching carp and Charlie carp came around to, uh, you know, to turn the fish into fertiliser. Is that a, an idea that we could do with tilapia, become a tilapia fertilisation farm that could just eradicate them? I mean, what can be done, do you think? Mate, it's a good suggestion. Like, they would be great fertiliser, as any fish are. Mm. There's just so many laws about transporting tilapia and whatnot. It's so mm. hard to do something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is, and that's right, because, uh, you know, when it comes to governments and councils, and uh, particularly with the noxious species, I guess there's going to be a hell of a lot of uh, red tape found in that sort of area as well. Mate, whereabouts in Australia can uh, can people find tilapia? And people down in uh, Victoria or WA or... Anywhere listening, worldwide, obviously, we know that they're a, a great eating fish overseas, but whereabouts in Australia are they found? Uh, they're pretty much throughout Queensland. Brisbane and Gold Coast have the largest affected area today. They've also been found as far north as Mackay and Townsville. Wow, they're on the and, move. And I know they're being found in the waterways throughout New South Wales. Oh, wow. So they, they, they're they moving around at, at such a, a fast rate. And the thing is, like you said, is that, um, that they protect their young and then they instantly explode in numbers because they, they're they a fast-growing fish as well. Yeah, that's it. Mate, what are you guys doing about it with My Catch Australia? Tell me about My Catch Australia there, Paul. Well, our focus really is to educate public. Public awareness is key because a lot of people don't even know what they are. We also run social media pages as My Catch and also Gold Coast Fishing Fanatics. Yep. Where... We do blog posts quite a lot regularly. We go out, we chase heap of tilapia, put a photo up, show people what they are and tell them what we use and how we did it and where we went pretty much. Mate, it's something there that people can do um, when, you, when you work it out with the councils that you have these competitions going around um, to, to eradicate uh, these this particular species. How, how many fish do you generally get, you know, on a hot summer's day or, or anything like that, you know, when you do run these competitions? Well, when we run our competitions, which we try to run twice a year, our biggest haul in a one-day event of six hours was 750 kilos worth of tilapia. God, jeez, mate. So we're, what are we um, – I know there's some big tilapia out there, but a lot of the fish probably come in around half a keg. So, mate, I mean, it's over 1,000 fish in six hours. Yeah, well over 1,000 fish. Jeez. We pretty much filled up at one of those big waste bins, oh, the industrial waste bins. Jeez, yeah, see, and, and you're right there because then, you know, become a, a like a – a fertilizer, I mean that's that's just throwing money straight down into the into the tip. That's it. Do they get burnt? How do how do the how do, what does the council do when they come and collect the bins? As far as we know, they just go into um, straight to the dump. So landfill. Landfill. Okay. All right. Well, fingers crossed that you don't see a, an explosion of tilapia in any of the ponds around the landfill if those little babies got out after a, a huge deluge. But I'd imagine they'd be covered up with a lot of dirt, mate. Um. When it comes to, to catching these fish, because people do catch them, I go out and target them with my with my kid because I know that you, you're, you're onto a guaranteed haul. You're instantly going to catch fish. But where, how can they be caught? That's it. It's a great way to get your kids into fishing because no matter where you go, you don't need expensive gear. Hmm. Like you can just go buy a basic um, combo from Anaconda, like a Sedona quick fire combo. I think they're like $79. Yep. Seven foot rod, two to four kilo, twenty five hundred reels. That's all we really need, mate. It's ideal. What about a hook size there? Um, anything from a hash eight suicide to I go up to about a hash fourteen. Okay, okay. So we're going for a you know I guess a medium size hook um, yep. is, is going to do justice. But what about the bait? Because this is the key element 
to catching <laughs> to catching anything is having the right bait. What's the right bait for tilapia? Uh, basically, the most effective bait to date has got to be the European night crawlers, which you can buy at some of the bait shops on the Gold Coast. Which is a garden worm, yeah? Pretty much a garden worm. Right. Yep. And 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 so are you are you threading it on like a normal worm that you'd get say from Tweed Bait, like a beach worm, or do you sort of loop him around so he still squirms? Both ways work. Presentation <laughs> doesn't really affect these fish. Yeah. Um, yeah. I normally just hook it on because it's quicker and to get it, to get it out there. Yeah, yeah, and that's right because sometimes it's a visual thing too. It's a visual strike and a visual cast. So you're seeing the fish. You know, I guess fifty percent of the time, depending on the the clarity of the water or where you're fishing. But uh, I know in some of the courses and, and thoroughfares around the waterways here in southeast Queensland, is that you're looking out there and you, you'll see a dozen fish just yep. cruising, and then you get that big one that just sort of moves in and out and around the corner. You know, is a, a, a quite of is uh, a dominant, uh, I guess, view when you look at something so big, mate. Um, what are the rules when you do catch one? You go out, you go fishing with your kids, and they go. Dad, I've got a tilapia or I've got this fish. And you go, hey, that's a tilapia, son. What do you do? What are the rules? Do you let them go or what do you do? Due to the Biosecurity Act in Queensland, they have to be humanely dispatched. There's rules and regulations of how to do it. They say you must bury it above waterline. But mm. on Gold Coast land and parklands and whatnot, you're not allowed to dig. <laughs> okay. So it's a bit contradicting, <laughs> but... You can also just put them in the local bin. You're not allowed to transport them and you're not allowed to release them. Okay, so if you put one in a garbage bag, you knock it on the head, you put it in the garbage bag and you're fishing there for a couple of hours, you've got a dozen fish, you've got them in the garbage bag and there's no bin there. I mean, common sense is you've got them in a garbage bag. I'm sure you could take them to a bin locally because a lot of the parks around here have bins from the council. So is that, I mean, that's probably the easiest way, wouldn't you reckon? I, I mean, that's what I would do personally. As long as they're humanely killed and you can yeah. tell they're going to land, like landfill, yeah. I don't think you're going to get in trouble, no. No, it's, it's a tough one there because there are people out there who target this fish to, to eat because they are regarded as one of the highest quality table fish in other countries. You know, I mean, I've been overseas a few times and I've, I've, I've eaten tilapia. I've had tilapia at the Sydney Chinese Chinatown, Melbourne Chinatown, I've had tilapia. And you come up here to certain seafood shops and they sell tilapia. It's a bit of a contradicting act, isn't it? Because you, you, you go into a seafood shop and you're buying maybe some fish and chips or maybe just some whole fish, whatever. And you're seeing tilapia and you think, hang on, they're 15 bucks a kilo. And I know there's a pond around the corner where I can go and catch these things. So it is a hard ruling, isn't it? It's, I guess it's new that's come into play here because we're not really used to tilapia being here, but I guess you know it's a changing law that we're trying to work out what to do. Yeah, it's very contradicting. Like being able to buy it in the shops but not being able to catch it and take it home, it confuses a lot of people. We do educate people a lot when we're fishing and they're trying to put them in their eskies and whatnot. <laughs> And tell them that they all get a big fine for it, but a lot of people will still take the risk, but and we can't do much about it. Mm. But yeah, they're the second most farmed fish in the world. It's incredible, absolutely. What's the, what's? Do you know the number one? Uh, I think number one was actually carp. Is that right? I guess when you're talking places like China and India and those sort of areas where you got population of over a billion, 
you know, um, you know, I, I guess you've got to have a, a sustainable food source that grows really, really quickly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, these are the fish that, that can do that. Mate, um, what do you think will happen here down the track? Because personally, do you think that we could eradicate this fish? Do you think, um, do you think we can just slow it down? Or is the inevitable going to happen and the explosion comes? What do you think? I don't, don't think we'll be able to, able to be completely eradicated mm. just because of the breeding success rate. Yeah. But I was running these events, getting 750 kilos out in a day, plus yeah. people doing it every weekend and whatnot. It's all making an impact. And yeah, we get funding from um, Councillor Herman Vorster. He yes. funded every time we get tilapia out, he's putting bass back in. Mm. To date, we've had 165,000 bass put back in, which is a huge success. That's a massive. That mate, that's a, a huge, huge congratulations. We're gonna give. We gotta. We gotta give you a big clap on that one, mate. Thanks, right? Big clap on that one there, because mate, when you when you are talking about those numbers, you know, um, okay, maybe you lose 10, 20 percent, obviously, and if the the raw tilapia is still out there, uh, they're gonna target these smaller fingerlings and, and knock them off and other species as well that are found in the uh, in the systems and native species but it, it's something that you guys are doing that's going to help because you can't just sit back on your bum and go well, look at this fish explode because it would have been an atomic bomb by now if you guys hadn't been doing what you're doing right now and that is taking like you said upwards of 750 kilos on the daily um, six-hour competition mate um, the breeding season for tilapia uh, when is that? Uh, they like the warmer weather. So the warmer conditions when the water temps are up is normally when they breed because as it gets cooler, they get real sluggish and don't seem to move around, don't seem to feed as much and whatnot. Mm. Tough one, so isn't mainly, it? Mainly through summer. Through the warmer months. I, I've been out yeah. at the golf courses at Sanctuary Cove and uh, having a sticky beak out there for the you know during the boat shows and all that sort of stuff. The amount of nests that you see around the golf course is insane. Yeah. But it, it's a it's a it's a hard one because golf courses don't allow any public access uh, to go fishing on these. And I think, you know, when you work out the cost of a, a game of golf uh, to you know say telling people right, you know, we're going to host this day at this certain time where you can go out there and target these fish and eradicate them out of the ponds because those ponds then filter and feed into the tidal systems. Now, does that mean these fish are? Fresh and saltwater species. They can they can survive in brackish water. Um, I don't think there's any sign of them breeding in brackish water yet, but I could be wrong. But yeah, that's exactly right. There's so many places we can't fish to, to remove these pests, and every time it floods, they just all flushing into our river systems, and eventually they're going to be adapting there and yeah. be a problem there as well. I did hear of someone catching a tilapia down at the uh, the Sundar Bridge or Southport Bridge, which is around about twenty five kilometres from the closest weir. So yep. you know it is it's uh, probably you know one hundred percent salt water. However, after a flood, you know it does go down to seventy five percent. So you get a lot of fresh pushing out. But those fish are moving down further upstream around the weirs and the creeks, etc. You know they're the areas that get hard hit because they're not just native Australian bass. We're talking, we're talking our Australian saltwater species that start to get impacted on these uh, from tilapia. Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. Um, there's been an explosion in numbers over the past ten years. Of, as you know, I didn't really know much about the fish before then, except they were a fish tank fish. Is that how these things have been introduced into our system? That's how they say they have been introduced originally. Mm. They were originally introduced as an aquarium fish, 
and obviously people unintentionally or or intentionally releasing them into the waterways, and now they've pretty much made the Australian waterways home. Where do you think it will but, be in 10, ti- 10 years' time there, Paul? Uh, 10 years' time, it's hard to tell. If people aren't eradicating these fish, they're just going to take over. Mm. If we can't keep these events running, like we do this out of our own time, mm. we just volunteer our time, we get no funding for it, mm. other than cancel, they put up the stage, Port mm. lose. They're doing all the liability insurance and that. And we just volunteered to organise all the sponsorship, all the prizes to get people involved. You know, it's a, you get the satisfaction of seeing 750 kilos of fish going into a bin. That's a noxious species that can, you know, do detrimental harm to our Australian native species. And, mate, this, that's a big call out for, I guess, for, you know, companies out there. We're doing, you're doing two competitions during a season, realistically, end of the yep. year, beginning of the year is I think we, we need to make this more of a monthly thing, get you guys, uh, you know, some, some sort of profit to, 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 for your time because time is money, right, is get some major companies on board to say, right, we're going to do a damn good thing here. We're going to make a competition every, every month and we're going to give out some good prizes. We're going to get someone in there that's going to give us some good prizes and then those people become, I guess, they'll get known as being a, a good supporter for this cause and that to me, is a good way to really ramp up the knockback of the tilapia because at the moment, you guys are sort of, it's a win-loss situation. We need more winning. Yeah. need more winning. That's it. Yeah, well, basically, I'd, I'd volunteer once a month if we could get the yeah. prizes and get the people together because I want my kids to be able to enjoy catching native fish like I have when growing up. Yeah, that's ex- exactly right too. Mate, um, does the government give you any support or just council? Just council. We got nothing from government. I did go out on Somerset Dam with um, with some. Uh, I think it was the DPI, where they had electrodes hanging off this tinny, and it was basically for everyone else listening. Is it's it looks like a trawler. Uh, if you don't know what a trawler is, basically it's a boat that 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 catches you know seafood. But this thing here had these big metal arms, these big metal poles sticking out on both sides of the boat, with these bits of wire hanging in the water. And then what happens is they drive along close to the bank and they becomes the fish get electrocuted. They get stunned. So the fish float up. doesn't kill them. The fish float up to the top and you turn around and you're seeing all these fish floating up. And you're looking at the bass and the yellow belly and you think, geez, they're big fish. But then they kick and away they go. But they turn around when they, when they electrocute a certain water area and they, they scoop out the tilapia and... and humanely knock them on the head but the other native species you see them sort of come back and they flick around and, and away they go they're, they're, they're totally fine that's a simple yet dangerous way that i felt because i didn't want to put my hand in the water uh and you gotta wear you gotta wear rubber shoes but um mate it, you know you're sitting on this floating electrical station of a boat you know zapping fish i mean is that something that we should see more of in these waterways that, that you know people are put on part you know permanent time and as an employee of the council to drive around and, and stun these fish and get them out that way? Is that something that could be done, you reckon? Um, local Gold Coast Council actually have tried it mm. and they have done it before, but he said the cost involved in that, he'd prefer to fund the events that we run because our events are actually more effective at removing tilapia than the electro fishing. Yeah, wow. Well, well that's I mean, you've got the runs on the board, man. That's That's what it is. And... At the same time, it's not about eradicating fish, but it's also getting people fishing. They're going That's to the it. shops and buying a rod. They're buying the, you know, the African nightcrawler, you know, uh, worms or whatever they are. They're, they're buying tackle, 
they're, and they're spending money to to keep the local businesses in play as well by going out there and targeting these fish. So you know, getting more people fishing is a cool thing. Yeah, that's it. And our events are 100 percent free, family friendly. So many families come down and they all have a blast. And the kids, <laughs> nearly every kid gets a prize on the day. It's they a good. It. It's a good thing. I loved last time because you know, obviously with COVID around, all that sort of stuff, is that uh, you know you made a drive-through weigh-in. Now that was yep. that was cool. That, that was, was good. the only way we could run the event that year to, due to COVID. Yeah. And we had to run the event just to get some numbers out of the waterways. Yeah. And you did, mate, you did a damn good job. I know we, we jumped onto Clive Palmer's golf course. We yeah. rang, rang up the management and said, hey, look, we're doing this for our show. We went to our last weekend. And I said, um, you know, we, we want to get out there. And, and that was totally cool. That was Palmer United. Uh, golf course uh, at Rabina, and um, we 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 threw out the uh, kept the kept the um, the golf bag, got rid of the the irons and the drivers, and replaced them with our fishing rods. And it was such a cool way to do it. And I think, mate, if we can do that, and you, you imagine, you know, you got uh, fifty carts all with fishing rods hanging out, doing a lap. I mean, I'd I'd pay a couple of bucks to do that again. It would be yeah. it's a fun way to do it and get rid of the fish. Yeah, that would be a great idea. Just getting these golf clubs and whatnot on board to let people yeah. in is yeah. a hard thing. Yeah. They make so much money out of the golfers. Yeah, that's that that's that's very true. Us fishermen, we just want to just knock these fish on the head so we can keep it up, mate. Just sum it up: tilapia. Look, they're a noxious species. They're fast becoming a huge threat to our native native species. But unless something is done about it now, do you think our native fish could become a rarity in the future? What are you thinking there, Paul? What's 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 down the track? if these fish start to, to overtake? Uh, these fish are pretty much already overtaken. Like Their breeding rate on them is insane. Like They yeah. outbreed any native fish yeah. with numbers. But it's really hard to say. Like These events are really effective. Plus, you, every time I go fishing for them, you always see other people out there doing the same thing, trying to get rid of them. Yeah. But without the constant numbers coming out, I eventually reckon it'll be hard to catch native fish. Yeah, that we don't want to see. That we don't want to see, but just just, just to put a, a, a picture into people's minds about this fish and 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 how many there are. I mentioned it in earlier of our, our podcast is that you know we're fishing off a weir. You've got ankle deep water, ankle deep, not even that, and it's just a slow flow of say twenty feet wide across this bit of concrete. Now where that water flows into the main uh, canal systems, it's just salt water. Uh, you know, you're catching things like trevally and tarpon and mangrove jacks and brim and all that sort of stuff, right? And then you look around your feet and you see a dark thing come past. And that dark thing then stretches, you know, that 20-odd feet, whatever the, the width of that, that concrete weir with ankle-deep water in it, that dark patch is literally tens of thousands of baby tilapia all swarming and schooling together. Now, they move up from the salt water up into the ponds. They're heading upstream, right? And... But it doesn't just happen for about 20 seconds or 30 seconds. It's happening for hours. So we're, we're, this is how many of these fish are actually inundating our systems at the moment. So it definitely is a, a worry, mate. But what you do through uh, My Catch Australia there, Paul, is absolutely terrific, mate. And uh, we're going to leave it at that, buddy. And, and thank you very much for your time. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure talking to you, Paul. No worries. Thanks for having me. Mate, you are more than welcome. Now, what's your website, mate? Anyone wants to get on board and help out and uh, sponsorship or, you know, ask questions, how can they get in contact with you, mate? Um, they can jump onto the website, mycatchaustralia at mycatchaustralia.com.au. Yep. Or they can also send us an email at mycatchaustralia at gmail.com. 
Perfect. Um, and before I go, our next event's locked in for Saturday the 6th of November. Saturday the 6th. Where's that one being held at, mate? Uh, that'll be at the Rabina Park and Ride. Same place as the drive through was last year. Perfect. And uh, there you have it. That's just off uh, Rabina Parkway. And uh, it's where all the cars park when you go and see the good old Titans play a game of footy. And it's a, it. it's a great little area there. And tilapia are literally surrounding that area. There's a lot of uh, waterways. And if you want to get your kids involved, or maybe if you're down in Sydney or Melbourne, you think, you know what, I'm going to fly out because flights are cheap. There's plenty of accommodation up here. And, uh, you know, the borders are open, more importantly. Uh, come on up and, and enjoy it and experience what's going on there because uh, what Paul Harrison does with My Catch Australia and trying to eradicate this noxious species invading Australia, you can do your part. And if you put that onto your kids, I'll tell you what, they're going to be mighty proud that they're a part of this as well. Paul, thanks again, mate. Greatly appreciate it, pal. And Jarvis, thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. And there you go, everybody. That's another Step Outside podcast. And I'll tell you, a very interesting one because uh, tilapia, you know, you're catching these fish that are, are highly uh, territorial. Uh, they're a noxious species that are really decimating our native species. But for you to get out there and give it a crack, I think that's something that all anglers around Australia can uh, can do. If you want to come up to southeast Queensland, uh, why not give it a go? There you have it. And as we always say on the Step Outside podcast, may your rods bend often. Take it easy, everyone, and have a good one. <laughs>